0: Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers here and joined by a very special guest. He's not a guest. He's part of the show now. He is the show. Uh, He (laughs) is a former high school football coach, well-known of Burnett, Capel, Brownwood, Belton, uh, Rotan, Rotan. Tan. Tan. Rotan. Rotan. I get it wrong every time. All right, I'll get it right next <laughs> time, I promise you, coach. Uh, he's also uh, uh, was a former high school, a uh, former college football player at Abilene Christian, coached at Abilene Christian, several stints as well. Uh, also now doing great business. Go check out ShipleyRanches.com. He's got a lot of uh, accolades and achievements on his resume. I can't list them all, but I'm really grateful that he is here with us to talk ball on football theory, Coach Bob Shipley. What's going on, coach?
1: Hey, thanks, Rod. Man, I'm just, you know, things are just getting more exciting by the day. I mean, you know, wrapped up a great signing day and, you know, just carrying this momentum on into this uh, playoff game, man. It's an oh. exciting time to be a
0: longhorn, isn't it? Yeah, it is, man. It feels like it, this might be one of those, I don't know, I don't want to jinx it. it. Feels like you might want a golden era of Texas sports, period, man. Shout out to the volleyball team. It's one back to back national titles. You know, it seems like all, all the sports seem to be. At a at a really high point, they seem to be performing and achieving at a really high level. So that's a great thing. So let's talk Texas football. Of course, Texas versus Washington. Everybody's really excited about it. Why wouldn't you be? College football playoff. First of all, coach, are you going to this matchup? Are you going to Orleans?
1: I'm not. I'm gonna be hanging out with Jordan and Jackson and my (laughs) 10 grandkids. Okay. How many? Yeah, and how many? Yeah, 10. 10. Well, actually, Ron, you know. I passed away a couple of years ago with a boy's mother. And I I just got remarried, actually, uh, June. Congratulations! So so now I got 13 grandkids. Oh, that's why You
0: added. Yeah. Yeah, I added
1: three. I got the good deal. She added 10. (laughs) That's bad for her. Good for me. I added three. And the oldest one's eight years old. So, man,
0: we got 13,
1: eight and under running around. It's crazy. but. we're only going to have 10 of them and burn it. We're going to be down and burning at Jordan's house. He's built a nice place out there on the golf course. And nice. We're going to be watching the bowl games and grilling and chilling. We'll get out our guitars, play a little moral haggard, you know, and <laughs> pick and sing a little bit with Jordan and his wife. And, you know, it's just, it's going to be a good time. So uh, I thought yeah. I was going to go, but uh, they talked me out of it. So
0: that's all right, Code. You can go to Houston. That's all right. Yeah. We'll go, we'll go there race. you go. Yeah. yeah I'm that's ready what I for said that. Too. I was like, I can't handle New Orleans. I just had a, a baby girl. So she's like three months old. I'm not going to leave my wife with her, a baby girl, or drag them both to New Orleans. So I'm not going to do that. But in H-Town, where I'm from, I got family there. My dad's there. My brother's there. I can always drop off you know, my baby girl with them and head to the game. So I am, I'm I'm keeping up my hope and optimism. I don't have to go to the Sugar Bowl because I'll be at the, the national championship in H-Town. I'm with
1: you. There you I'm go. with you. Well, let's to do a show down there from Houston.
0: Yeah, there you go. Now, nah, hey, Coach, I'm in. There you go. That's us i making plans. What do you say, Coach? Right. Plan plan on success. Plan that's to right. be successful. There that's you go, right. Coach. All right, that's, that's right. why I'm glad that you're joining us. All right, let's get right to it. Let's not waste any time. we got so many different topics that we want to get into. This time we're going to preview the Texas offense versus the Washington defense. We're going to get into that matchup a little bit. And, you know, Coach, I think for me one of the biggest – Uh, I would say one of the biggest factors in success for the Texas offense is definitely going to be their ability to stay ahead of the chains and stay on schedule. I think that's going to be huge because one of the, the the few areas actually where Washington defense is, I think excels is when they get opponents in third down, specifically in third and long situations. I went back and, and did the numbers uh, and Washington opponents when they are in third and long situations, they have allowed zero touchdowns in that, in that scenario, third and long. By the way, it's third and. Se- What's third and long to you, Coach? I always thought I was always taught seven plus yards. Seven, I mean, seven I mean,
1: plus to me. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's what I was always taught. So zero touchdowns they've allowed in that situation. Four interceptions uh, that they've allowed in. in at forty eight percent completion percentage, sixty five passer rating for opposing quarterbacks. And I looked at Texas's uh, conversion rate on third and long, and Coach, they're right at thirty two. They like they're close to thirty three. You can round it up thirty three percent conversion rate. So you're basically only converting a third of your third and longs. You got to yeah. stay out of third and longs. Can't do it. it.
1: Can't do can't it. Can't do it. No, can't do it. And you know the the the, the thing that got us in that trouble in trouble a little bit, in my opinion, earlier this season is we were taking shots on first down. You know, and so you take your shots on first down, and and we you know we we've had some success. But you're also rolling the dice a little bit in a game like this because there's no redos. I mean, you know, you, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you lose and you go home. So I like the fact that, uh, that we've been, um, you know, I, I like the high percentage passes on first down. I, I do like throwing the ball on first down, which we'll talk about a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, 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 you've got to be able to get yourself in a third and manageable. Because yes. like you said, you're matching up against one of their most impressive. They don't have a lot of impressive defensive statistics, you know, no, but that didn't. one is, but yes. that one is probably the most impressive defensive statistic they have is their ability to shut people down on third and long, which, you know, the the, the percentages are not going to be that great for anybody on third and long, but, but they've been really good at it. And, um, And so for us to be able to do that, we're going to have to we're going to have to make positive yardage on first and second. You know, so I think that's going to be a really, really big key for us is to take. I like throwing on first down, but let's throw high percentage passes on first down without, uh, you know, getting those numbers up there on that third and long.
0: And I'm glad you brought that up, coach, about the the first down shots, uh, you know, the deep shots on first down. I actually calculated. Uh, last season would start to deep shots on first down and half of his deep shots last year were on first down
1: first. Down, and they weren't necessarily
0: yeah. good at completing or converting those. So what you in, in end up with, with is, is second, all right. And 10, usually when you don't convert those, and then you're in a situation where unless you got a B John or Rojo in the backfield, uh, you're se- severely hamstrung in what you can do and you end up with a third and long situation. But I will give Sark a lot of credit. He has evolved coaching. He has curtailed, curtailed those deep shots downfield. We don't see those as much anymore on first down. Now, now they're way more calculated shots and they're not necessarily overwhelmingly on first down. He's not chasing the deep ball. He's waiting until the defense is going to be, uh, I would say, most vulnerable to the deep ball, which yeah. is what I love about what Sark has done. Uh, we'll get back to that's an interesting conversation. The one thing that, not one thing, but like we talked about, there are certain areas of defense where Washington excels. They don't for the most part. I'll give you the coach just talked about the defense statistics for Washington. Uh, they're 50th in scoring defense, 122nd in pass defense, 93rd in total defense. Um, they are third down defense. They're 84th. Uh, if you go look at their red zone defense, 118th, 72nd in red zone touchdown defense. Uh, but here's something that I thought was interesting, coach. Explosive plays allowed in the passing game. Went back and looked at this about Washington. How about this, coach? 103rd in 10-plus yard play, pass plays allowed. 111th in 20-plus yard pass plays allowed. And by the way, Texas is Texas 97th in 10-plus yard pass plays allowed. Yeah. 72nd, though, in 20-plus yard pass plays allowed. When you look at 30 plus yard pass plays, Washington 123rd, Texas 93rd. Uh, When you look at 40 plus pass plays, Washington 125th in the country, they give up chunk yards in the passing game. And this kind of gets me to where I, and you brought this up, Coach, that you like to throw on first down. And if you go look at the most successful passing down in football today, it is first down. Because defenses are geared and programmed, I think, run on first down. And Sark likes to throw on early downs, Uh, especially situations. Now, if you look at the first down pass rate for Texas right now, it's about 45%, between 45 and 50%. Coach, in this matchup, I would hypothesize that Sark should up the first down pass rate a little bit. First of all, I just gave the numbers. They're susceptible and vulnerable to the pass. Their rush defense, they're 40th. It's one of the better parts of this Washington defense with their rush defense. They're actually pretty good there. Um, I would say stay away from their strength, especially on early downs. You talked about keeping a defense on their heels, keeping them guessing. I think Sark can do that with some high, like you pointed out, Coach, high percentage passes on first down. Uh, You point out the first down numbers for Texas. Texas first down numbers are pretty good throwing the football. Uh, But when you look at the uh, Washington defense and what they allow on first down, um, to me, I think that's where Texas could have a distinct advantage their pass defense is actually as it's at its poorest when they're defending the pass on first down
1: yeah they're giving up what 260 70 yards a game passing which is you know not it's really not that bad considering the league that they're playing in yeah you know but but i you know kind kind of going back to what we were talking about you know b- before we started taping this show you and I were kind of talking about uh you know doing things to keep the defense uh guessing a little bit you know and and that's one thing when you you know when you got uh, Braylon braylan Tri sitting over there at defensive end um yeah third and long he's teeing off man yeah he, he, he he's coming he's coming at you uh, I think you mentioned he had uh, what a couple of sacks against us last season. Yeah,
0: two sacks, two for two uh, tackles for loss in that game. yeah, yeah.
1: and so you you got to keep that guy guessing first of all, you know, and we'll and we'll probably talk about him more in a minute. but um I, I like the fact that uh, that Sark has not been real predictable, especially as of late, which you and I were also talking about this, the fact that that, We've noticed what Sark has been able to do this season, mm-hmm. but the other Big Twelve coaches have noticed what Sark has been doing. In fact, uh, we, we, you know, talking about uh, anonymous Big Twelve defensive coordinator had some really nice things to say about Sark. What, what, what do you have to say, Rod?
0: Yeah, it's a great quote. It comes from an article in the Athletic that uh, you're referring to, Coach. And here's one of the the excerpts from that article. is from an anonymous coach in the Big Twelve, and he says, "quote." About Sark, about Sark's play-calling ability, he has little to no tendencies. If he has one, he breaks it the next week. His in-game adjustments are elite. We played a stack man concept to a route we thought was coming, and he had a counter that we had never seen that was something off an and-one mixtape. He's patient in his play-calling as he leans on the run game and perimeter pass game and is very calculated. When he takes shots, in my opinion, the fact that he didn't get big Twelve coach of the year uh, was a snub as as big of a snub as I've seen considering the job he's done with the team. The sad part is, it's the coaches that vote on this. So it tells you it's more about Texas leaving the conference that is about the most deserving coach. Uh, but you're right, coaches, that 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 quote there and you just referenced it. I remember specifically because I rewatched that damn Alamo Bowl like five times now, so <laughs> I can yeah. remember a little, uh, a lot of tidbits from it. The announcers they brought up the fact that the defensive coordinator from Washington remarked at one point he did not believe that Sark had the patience to march down the field with the underneath passes and the quick game and the short game. That at one point he would become impatient and take his shots, and you can defend those shots or uh, basically keep Texas from converting those, then they'll end up in second and longs, third and long situations. That's when Braylon Trice, like you point out, tees up. But we're watching a, a a much evolved, a much more evolved Steve Sarkeesian now, coach, where the shots downfield are more calculated, all right? He's more patient in his approach to exposing teams uh, and and their vulnerabilities. And they said, in, in the the quote here, he said, he's patient in his play calling. That was one thing that even the defensive coordinator from Washington yep. last year realized. He was not very patient last year. He was taking shots. You remember that Oklahoma State game, Coach? He's like yep. taking shots, broke hand, X-man, uh, quarterback with a messed up hand, wind swirling, and with deep Bijan in the backfield, and he's taking shots downfield, chasing that deep ball. He's not that coach anymore, man. He's he's growing real-time, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he really is. I, I, think, I think the job that he's done uh, scripting his first – a uh, couple of series has been outstanding, especially in the big games. And I really think I'm hoping that we'll see that the first series showing some stuff he hasn't shown, maybe some play action, some leaking the tight end out backside, stuff that he hasn't done before. It's, uh, it, it really keeps the defense off balance when you do that. And yeah. he'll, he'll throw some wrinkles in and, you know, <clears throat> I can't remember what game it was, two or three games ago, you know. You got a wheel route, and then you follow the wheel route with another fo- a follow.
0: Oh, a yeah, Following yeah, yeah. the wheel. Everybody's
1: yeah. everybody's run off, you know. And, and, I mean, stuff like that that he comes up with, he and the staff, I'm sure it's not just just all Sark, but, you know, that kind of stuff really gets a defense off balance. And if you can get that defense off balance the first couple of series – it can really make them question their month of preparation. You have so much time to prepare for this game. You can kind of get locked into some stuff that you have convinced yourself that you're going to see, and this is yeah. what we got to do to stop them. Now all of a sudden, all that stuff's out the window. You know, you're seeing stuff you haven't even seen before. And so then it comes back to instinct ball. And and so what, what I have seen Texas this year is, we're a team of momentum. Mm-hmm. You know we get momentum, mm-hmm. uh, and everything's good. And you know I think we talked about this last week's show. You get you get um, you get a lead, and you're playing fast, and everything's going good. And the, we practice fast. Everything we do is fast. The coaches coach off the film. They don't coach on the field during practice. Whenever we're doing team stuff, because everything's fast paced. Fast paced get as many reps in as you can. Then all of a sudden you get a big lead or lead, and you want to try to keep the ball away from the opponent's offense, yeah. so you slow down. and when you slow down, you're getting out of your rhythm. And you know it's just it, it, it can create problems. and and we like momentum. I think yeah. we're a team that that thrives on momentum. And one of the reasons that I think we've been successful the last few games more successful haven't been letting people stand the game is because we've kept our foot on the gas a little bit more. I understand the fact that you want to slow down a little bit, maybe in the second half to keep the ball away from the opponents. You also have to look at this. You've got, we may have talked about this too, but the the more plays you run, Mm -hmm. the faster you run those plays, the more fatigued your players are going to be. And also the more plays you run, the better chance of injury you have. So, you know, you, you, in the season, you look at those things and you, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get out of the game with a win. That's all you're trying to do, you know, but now, we have to keep our foot on the accelerator. So I really hope we get in a in a good rhythm those first couple of series, and just get the momentum. Because when when we lose a momentum, it's difficult to get it back sometimes.
0: Yeah, uh, coach, you're so right about that. I mean, even when Sark had his first year, where they were getting up big, right, double digit leads, it was because they were riding this wave. Because like, honestly, coach, I think he's a momentum play caller. I, I, I think too. he he rides a wave of emotion when you he's an emotional play call. You've seen him, he kind of gets in a little zone. Some coaches are very cerebral. I think Sark actually likes it. My man channels like this, Kyle Shannon. They they use the emotion, they want the emotion of the, the moment, the emotion of the environment to actually affect them. And sometimes I guess it can be a negative thing. You get to the momentum of losing that. And I think sometimes Sarko he gets caught up in that, right? And we've seen at, at times you know, Texas lose that momentum. And then it also avalanches the other way where the other team comes back from 20 something points down. So I think they just kind of been a momentum team, which is why you talked about the start coach. The start is key and start. I'll give him credit in big games. Usually his scripts are magnífico. They're fantastic. And he says he did scripts the first 20 plays and you know, he wants to start off with the pass. I think he wants to open up the game with the passing game. I think he wants to assault the defense, essentially, with the pass. And he wants to close games out, ideally, with the run. That's his big humans. He did it versus Bama. He did it on the road versus Iowa State. I think that's ideally how he wants the games to go, from script to finish. And that's why I think in this game, getting back to your momentum uh, point, Coach, I think you're around the money there. I think you got to throw early. And I think you got to throw on first down early. Um, Here's the numbers for uh, Washington defending passes on first down. Uh they're allowing 66% completion percentage, uh over 8 yards per attempt, 148 passer rating. Um they've allowed 10 touchdowns, um which is more than they've allowed on third and uh fourth down combined. They've uh they they've only got two interceptions. By the way, they're fifth in the country. They're top 10 in interceptions. They got 16 interceptions. It's a team that's really good at taking the football away. Um, and that, that's because on third and long, that's where a lot of those interceptions come because they, they know teams are unpredictable passing situations. Uh, if you go look at, you know, a team like them, like, like Washington, the way they're built, I think you can put them on their heels early on coming out to throw. Texas is really good. Throwing the football on first down It's their most successful uh, passing down as well. It's the, it's the most, it's the, the, the poorest, uh Washington, poorest defensive down for Washington. In terms of pass defense, if I am Texas, I think I throw early on and then I supplement with the run game. Once I have I'm not saying you throw throwing every first down, but I would throw on more first downs against Oklahoma State. That first down pass rate is around 55 percent, and that's that's more than Sark usually is. He's around between 45 and 50 percent. I would I would boost it to about 60 65 percent. That's where your advantage lies. It's not in the run game, their rush defense is pretty good, and if they stop you on early downs, they got to. So they got an all-American in their linebacking court. The linebackers are really good. Uh, Vernon I, I, Trice is a dude. They're 40th in rush defense. You know they've actually had some success stopping teams in the run. If Texas can't run the football and they couldn't run it last year against them, then they had to become one-dimensional. I think this year you want to you want the balance, but early on, like Sark likes to do, I would attack them with the pass on early downs.
1: Yeah, I, I would look, and I would look first early in the game, first to second series. And us doing some formations and some motions and 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 throwing some stuff at him that that Washington hasn't seen. And I and I think I think Sark does that really well, as we were talking about from from his film study, every Mm -hmm. defense is giving up something as as we've talked about. And so he's going to show them right off the bat what they're susceptible to. And, And as I said, I think you take a little bit of the aggression away from the defense when you can keep them off balance like that. And I just think it's very important you look at the games where we've had success first drive, you know, games where we get stuffed and we have to punt, punt it. It, it, it just, it's just that momentum that we talked about. We need to have success early. And then I think you, you, you can throw all the statistics out after that, I think, because now, now you've got a team that's just playing on instinct to playing football defensive coordinator starts, you know, wondering, uh, okay, well, man, uh, he's had a lot of time to prepare for us. He ain't running anything like I thought he was going to run, you know, at us or whatever. And then you get him loosened up a little bit. Then you give them a dose of running the ball and uh, mixing it up with good, you know, good with play actions. But, you know, it's interesting. We're looking at one of the quarterbacks, uh, Jabbar Muhammad Jr. Mm-hmm. You know where he played last year? Oklahoma State? Oklahoma right? State, yeah. yeah. They beat us, remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And uh, – yeah, and he had, he had a fair game against us last year, and yep. so he is the leader on that. In fact, I think he may be the only player in that secondary uh, that was an All Conference player. Uh, maybe even yeah. second team as well. A uh, I, maybe that is a, a safety that was second team, but he's an All Conference player along with Trice, and um, you know he's he's a guy that I'd be looking for secondary wise who. Um, can can do a good job of covering our guys up
0: yeah i i think he honestly coach he's kinfolk he's related to malik Muhammad. oh is he really he's from desoto high school yes i i i i want to say i don't know exactly what the relation is second cousin whatever it may be uh but he is related to malik muhammad that is out there too you're right he's and by the way he's like the shortest of that he's i think he's the best coverage defender like you said coach and he's the shortest the one thing I like about their secondary, they're long and rangy, man. They're long. Uh, he's 5'10", about 180, three interceptions, 12 PBUs. He's a player. He's, he's a good yeah. player Yeah. Uh, but Then they got this guy, um, Michelle Powell. Um, he is 6'1", 210, got three picks on the year. Uh, uh, Darren Hampton, he's, a, he's 6'3", 93 tackles. He's very active. Uh, they got Elijah Johnson. He's about 6'1", 190. Uh, that I believe it is Thaddeus. Uh, I think it's Thaddeus Drew, if I'm not mistaken, 6'1, as well. They're long, yeah, and that's one of the, their, their traits. I think that's why they end up getting their hands on so many footballs. They got, uh, they're like I said, they got 16 interceptions on the season. And what they do when they do actually get someone in a predictable passing situation, that's when these DBs can shine because they run a lot of what they were simulated pressures. Uh, Texas has done really well versus simulated pressures recently, but they have had trouble at times. Uh, Iowa State game early on. Um, Hell, Rice, first game of the season, Rice was running some simulated pressures. Baylor last year. There have been times where Texas had trouble uh, blocking simulated pressures. Looks like a blitz, smells like a blitz, but it's not. They're sending three or four, dropping seven or eight. You just don't know which three or four. They're sending and from which level. And that's all about offensive linemen being able to pass off, you know, pass rushers. And some of the young offensive linemen had trouble with that. But I think they'll be ready for that because Washington's top 10 rate, of simulated pressures in the country you can't run simulated pressures on early downs really you're running them on predictable passing downs you stay out of that and that is one of their kind of bread and butter concepts defensively coach and you can also keep braylon trice (laughs) from pinning his ears back and this is a guy we got to talk about Coach, before we get out of here because he's a problem now if you're gonna be passing now i love what you said you're gonna pass on first down quick high percentage passes, long handoffs, extensions of the running game. And we know Quinn is accurate. Ball placement is key for the quick game. And he can put the ball on the money uh, with those quick passes. And I think that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about taking shots or even getting that vertical downfield. You can do some of that creatively, but we're talking about easy completions, RPOs, which is the uh, combination of the quick game and the run game on first down. But if you do end up in a predictable pass situation, coach, how do you block Braylon Trice. That's what I want to know because this is a guy that had 70 pressures last season. He led college football in pressures. He's got 70 again in 2023. He had he's got 49 pressures since week nine. So he's averaging almost 10 pressures per game since week nine. He is a man amongst sports He will right now he's trading toward being the first round pick. He had two tackles for law, two sacks versus Texas last season. How do you block this guy, Coach? What do you do if you have to throw the football?
1: Well, Evidently, these million dollar coaches hadn't figured it out yet. So, I don't know <laughs> if this ranch real estate guy out in Abilene, Texas is going to figure it <laughs> out. Not, You're the
0: but, best. You got to do the best thing we got.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but I, 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 what I'd look for Sark to do is uh, so, sometimes a guy like that, you can, you can, you can dictate a little bit where he's going to line up by, mm-hmm. you know, by, by your stance. Yep. by wider splits, perhaps, uh, tied in on his side, a wing tied in and a wing on his side, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe chipping him with a back, you mm-hmm. know, a back check before he released to his, you know, which normally the back's going to be a safety valve, you know, on most drop back passes, but chipping him with a tight end, maybe keeping a tight in, in some to help with him, um, or the, or the tight end, like I said, chip him on a delay route. Um, man, I, I, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, he's going to get his pressures. No, I, don't, I haven't seen anybody that slowed him down a whole lot this year, you know, but I think you keep him guessing on his passing downs mm-hmm. and you, you try to dictate a little bit through your formation, your alignment, you know, at least you know where he's going to line up and make it a little bit difficult for him and then chip him when you can with a tight end or a running back coming off and, uh, you know, get, Th- you know, throw some quick passes. Uh, you know you yeah. can keep. You're not going to be able to sit back there all day with the ball because he's just too good. He'll 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 get there.
0: Sounds like you're just basically sound about making him work for everything, Coach. That's make right. Him work. You got yeah. <laughs> every down. He's going to. He's a good. He's a great player. He's going to be a first round pick. He's a great player. But you got to make him work on every down. By the fourth by by the fourth quarter, hopefully you've worn him down a little bit, and then you can try to get him in the run game because um, he's yeah. he's a difference maker. Uh, against the pass, he's one of the best pass in the country. But against the run, I you know I I I I don't know if he's an elite defender versus the run. He's a good defender versus the run. He is, um, yeah, he but is. I don't know if he's elite necessarily. So I think Texas keep him guessing. I like what you said about that, coach. Uh, but I also something else I want to get into, and you know we, we've talked about Sark, his creativity. I noticed this watching the uh, the Alamo Bowl last season. Like I said, I've watched that game way too much. Like this is what coaches do, right? They yeah. they watch stuff over and over again. I know. And, you right like paralysis by analysis and you start that's thinking exactly. it's got to be this way that's why it's important in big games guys to break tendency cuz coaches they get caught up on tendencies and trends and all this stuff and then you go into a big game it's like I've never seen that I how can I I can't prepare for that I've never seen that yeah. but guys Some, you sometimes
1: you I think I think sometimes you can have too much time then you then you start second guessing yourself you know, you know instead of going about? with your gut you know 30 years of instinct or whatever it is that you have built up you know, uh, you you like you said you overanalyze so much. You start doubting yourself, second guessing. You know, t- typically they've got like five or six days. You know, uh, mm-hmm. well, really yeah. two two days to get a game plan like together. Install, you yeah, you're know. right. You're right yeah. to come up
0: with it, install it.
1: And yeah. hey, coach, you
0: no, know, it's crazy. You brought that up. You know who said that? Sean McVay. After he lost to Bill Belichick, he said that. He said, "I." He said, "I went too deep." He said, "I went too deep into it." He said, I, I overanalyzed everything. And he said, I think it hurt my team. It hurt my play calling. He said, I end up coaching tight. end up calling the game tight because I overanalyzed everything. Instead of, uh, there is a certain element. That's a balance, right? You want to break tendency, but you also, you know, hey, what uh, what did DK, the late great DKR say, dance with what brung you? I still got to dance with what brung you now. <laughs> How you get there? You got there because yeah. you do something better than everybody else. You got to dance with what brung you, so it's a nice balance you got to have there. Okay, let me ask you about this. I was watching the game, and I noticed in that matchup versus Washington, and I think I know why. There were there were no two two tailback sets. There were no two back sets in twenty twenty two. That was a, a bigger part of the offense because you had Bijan and Rojo. Bijan and Rojo weren't available for the bowl game, so that may be why they didn't have any two tailback sets. There was also no six O line package. Uh, in the game last season. They call it the Big 12, Big 11 package. Malik Agbo is extra extra offensive lineman. Um, and I wonder if, if Sark was a little tight. And, I listen, I know Jay Brooks was hurt. Um, that would be a big reason why. So they only played Jay Brooks and Keelan Robinson. Keelan Robinson, not your traditional runner. So I think the running game just suffered overall. And yeah. Sark really didn't know how to boost the running game at the time. But I got to tell you, Coach, I've been, I've been keeping track of it for – for like three years now, actually before Sark even got it, so four years now, and I, I BS you not twenty one personnel like in the pony package with two tailbacks, easily the most effective, most explosive, and the most efficient personnel grouping on the forty acres. For the honestly, you you can even take it back before Sark, but I would say in the Sark regime, and that's you would think, oh, that's because they had Bijan and Rojo on the field the whole time. It actually is not because this season. It still rang true. It was still, before and away, your best personnel grouping in terms of, you know, yards per play, yards per attempt, explosive play rate. Um, I, you know, first of all, I, I wanted Sark to use it more, and I wonder in this game will he use it even with the injuries to guys because he's still using it down the stretch. Um, but why do you think Sark was relegated? Was it only because of the personnel available that he relegated the offense I, last season to just yeah. eleven and twelve personnel? I, I would think so. I yeah. would think so. But one thing it looks like to me, he's done
1: this year is kind of go more with two tight end sets.
0: Yes, he does. You know, he he's got
1: Helms in there a lot with Sanders, and uh, I mean, crap, you know as well as I. There've been years we wouldn't even have a, a tight end hardly even get in the game. No, you know,
0: a dangerous but, species.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but we're we're playing more with two tight end uh, sets than we are two backs. I I don't know what the what the breakdown is i haven't looked at he's it about 40 statistically
0: coach. coach he's about 40 percent in 2022 he's about 40 percent of 12 personnel and about honestly about close to 50 percent of uh 11 personnel and that shifted this year because they had they love the 6-0 line package so they're actually probably close to 35 percent actual 12 they're probably close to about I don't know, maybe eight to 9% of the 6 0 line package. Then you throw in about 10% of 21 personnel, and there's still 50% 11 personnel for most of the year, though. But he loves yeah. 12, one back, two yeah. tight ends. That's his yeah. second favorite package, personnel wise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, seems like I've seen more of it as the season has yep. progressed uh, this season. And and that, that could be a way that you handle trice. You know, I, going back to trice, one more thing. That a guy like him keep you from doing unless you can figure out a way to get two guys on him is hit, a guy like trice can pretty much eliminate the double move routes you know you're yeah. not gonna have time for a double move route and and sometimes those are the ones you go how did the guy get so wide open you know well you know double moves it takes a little bit of time it takes a little bit of time for those plays to develop uh and that's a good home run shot on a double move but you know, unless you unless you can almost guarantee by your formation and by your blocking uh, the the pass blocking scheme that you called, where you can get two guys on him, I I, I wouldn't be uh, seeing us do too much. Could, uh, could uh, you, did, getting movement. back
0: to the, the six O line package? Because they didn't use it last year. The Big Twelve, Big Eleven. Could you use it this year? And basically, in this matchup, when you do want to take your vertical shots and you need some extra time, put them out there. 6-0 lineman, and then whoever Braylon Trice is, we motion him. We, we shift him over there. We're looking for do Braylon you, Trice do you you count? Do you count T-Sweat as an offensive lineman when he's in the back <laughs> catching hey. touchdown passes, yeah, right. two-point <laughs> plays, whatever he was in on? That big ugly package, right? Them jumbos, baby. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, okay, well, I, I want to end it on this because uh, I think we have kind of hit every little nugget. Also, by the way, you this name, Zach Durfee, Uh, should be known for Longhorn fans. I brought him up earlier. He was a transfer from Sioux Falls, had double-digit sacks, double-digit tackles for loss at Sioux Falls. Kalen DeBoer, that's where he kind of came up as a coach at Sioux Falls. And Kalen DeBoer says he's a dude. He says – because they they just cleared him to be eligible for the bowl game. He's been there a year, but he's only been on the the scout team because he hasn't been eligible to play. I don't even know what jersey number he's going to wear because he hadn't played at all. But Kalen DeVore says that he's been given their off starting offensive tackles because he's playing scout team fits all season long. Brock Hewitt says that Washington fans are going to watch the game and wonder who the hell that guy is because he's going to be, he's going, he's a dude. He said he's an explosive 260 pound playmaker. So Kalen DeVore has talked real good about him. Brock Hewitt actually talked really good about him. He covers Washington. Nobody's seen this guy. There is no, you can go watch Sue Falls' film on him, but there ain't no film of him how Washington's gonna use him. But you will see him in the bowl game. Caleb DeBoer has said it, and Brock Hewitt said it, they're insider. So just that's why you want to stay out of predictable passing situations. You don't want to see Durfee on one side and Braylon Trice on the other. You don't want it. Um, you're a machine. You got a little baby at home, man. How do you have time to do all the
1: research that you do? <laughs>
0: hey, got a multitask, coach. Got a multitask. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing, man. Hey, coach, I appreciate it, coach. Hey, hey, I, 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 I got a great team. I got a great team. You know how that goes. Uh, let's let's end it on this, coach. You brought this up in our pre-show uh, discussion. Uh, about Texas and Washington. They, they obviously both teams are elite, they're great teams. that's that's why they're in the playoff and that's why they're in this matchup. But Texas, man right now they just seem to be trending the right way. And if it's possible, are they hotter? Now listen Washington's undefeated. So I don't know if you can be hotter than an undefeated team, but it's possible that Texas is trending better than Washington?
1: Well, you know, the last four games Washington's played, they've won by a little less than three and a half points a game, you know. And our last three games have been double digits. Well, actually the last two games, of course, were, blowouts. you know, blowouts. And so I think we're peaking at the right time, as you said, like our volleyball girls did. They peaked yeah. at the right time. And uh, there's no doubt that our staff – Realizes when you have to peak and when you have to be good. This ain't Sark's first rodeo, you know. Interesting, uh, I read, you know, he and realized he's he's coached three of the four teams in the playoffs, you know, and had success with Whoa.
0: all. of them. I didn't even think about that, coach. Yeah, I really did not even think about that. <laughs> yeah, and and you know,
1: it ain't his first rodeo, and so uh, he's got his peak at the right time. Um, Again, I think that has to do with the fact that he's like, man, forget trying to, you know, we're just going to keep our foot on the gas. We're going to keep momentum through the entire game. And if we can do that, then uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying we're going to have a double-digit uh, win, but uh, I, I, I do think we'll win the game. Whether it's by double digits, I don't know that I'd be that brave. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's going to, I, I mean, everybody's predicting a high-scoring game, and and when you look at it, I don't see how it's not. I mean, they know how to score and and you know, we can put up some some touchdowns pretty fast as well.
0: If Texas plays red zone offense like they played versus Oklahoma State, they will beat Washington and they'll they'll beat whoever else they play in a national title game too. The one thing that's been holding back this offense pretty much all season long has been their horrible play in the red zone. They just have been a bad red zone team. Nothing wrong with that, I and mean, no no team is perfect. All right, everybody's got flaws, and one of their flaws has been red zone offense. But against Oklahoma State, they were 5 of 5. If that team plays like that in the red zone, Coach, I don't know if anybody can play with them. Well, That, that was part of what held them back. They'd have to kick some field goals here and there. They'd mess up yeah. the red zone possession, you know, cost them some points. If Texas is going to score touchdowns every time they get in the red zone like they did versus Oak State, good luck. Good luck with
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's good, it's gonna be fun, man. And everybody, you know, everybody's got opinions. Everybody's got, but I think you got I think you got uh I think you got things nailed down pretty good, man. You're you're the machine. I'm glad to be working with you, man. You're throwing
0: out all those facts. I'm like, golly, how does this guy have time to look up all that stuff? Hey coach, I, I appreciate that. It means a lot coming from you, coming from a bald coach like yourself, no doubt. And I hey we are we are honored to have you on Football Theory with us. And I'm glad we're going to get it going. We'll have another. I believe we'll get one more in before the game. We'll get one more preview one in. One more before the game. game. That's get right. One more. Um, all right, Coach. Well, I appreciate the time as always. Coach, please enjoy the family and the holidays. Tell the Chippy family that I say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. All right. So let them know that.
1: We'll do it, man. You you give that baby a big old kiss for Uncle Bobo. All right.
0: That's what my grandkids <laughs> call me,
1: Bobo. So, I will. i,
0: will. <laughs> I do that. Coach. Hey, I'm, I'm going to, to give her a Shipley,
1: Shipley Ranch's cap in the mail.
0: Hey, please. You know what, Coach? Let that happen. I will wear it. I will represent, man. Hey, right. I will represent. All right, Coach. Well, thank you for that, Coach. And thank you guys for joining us once again. We'll be back next week for another edition of Football Theory. Everybody have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas everybody out there. And hook them.